and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello and welcome, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hello. Guys, coming up on today's show, my God, you already know, the Selena Gomez and Hayley Bieber drama just went nuclear and our heads are a mess. Then the country music cheating scandal that involves a chain smoker. Avril Lavigne's broken engagement might be as messy as they come. And the article in the Times UK that we simply can't stop thinking about. But first, Zara McDonald, how was your week? I had a really good week. We were interstate for a few days working this week and then I stayed up for a wedding, which was yes. amazing. I've got to say, this the forecast for the wedding on last Friday I was in Byron, it was like torrentially raining, right? 35 mils it according to It was just pouring, people walking around with their raincoats on. And I was like, oh, God, because the, the wedding was like on the beach. Yes. And then half an hour before the wedding happens, sky's clear, which is what happened with your wedding as well. I know. This is not a good precedent That's to right. be set for either of us. No. And I thought, well, this is the second wedding I've gone to in a matter of months. The sky simply just clears. <laughs> it's given me an unhealthy level of optimism for weddings when I see weather forecasts. This is kind of weird of my mind to even go here but when you told me that the skies cleared and it was this miraculously dry wedding despite the weather forecast my mind literally thought do we put weddings at 4 p.m because it's the least likely that's chance what of i rain? thought is Does that why we do it at four i actually started <laughs> thinking do the skies just generally clear around that time i've been to a lot of weddings zero rain at any wedding despite my wedding guys it was supposed to be torrential rain and it was blue skies. That's why I, I know we sometimes do a bit of weather chat to start the show and I know it could be seen as boring. But if anyone knows the answer to that, can you let me know? Because I'm planning a wedding at the moment and I thought, who needs a backup plan? Who needs a wet weather plan? You're going to be sweet. It's the fine. sky's always clear for weddings. They do. I do have a recommendation this week. I... I'm in love with my own recommendation, if I may. I sent oh. it around to a few people this week and they also all texted me the minute I sent it to them and said, great read. Please tell us. All right. So it is a newsletter column by Farah Store. It is her column called The Terrifying Cult of Good Taste. Now, Farah and her partner travelled to Copenhagen a few weeks ago to go to this restaurant called Noma. Have you guys heard of Noma? I have seen this on TikTok. I have not. <laughs> so Noma is like widely regarded as one of the best best restaurants in the world. It is frequently in the top 50. Incredibly highbrow fancy. Yes, it is. It's huge, but it's also ridiculously expensive. I think they walked out and ended up paying well over 600 pounds a head. So it's just like a stupid amount of money to spend on food. And so she went and she wrote about it and she wrote about it in a really beautiful way because she said that she didn't like it. Yeah. Of the 13 or 14 courses she had, eight or nine of them were cold. You can most of them is vegetables from yeah, what I've seen. Yeah, it's I, like veggies and we don't even cook them. No, it's like, and then there's just like a lot of vinegar. Yeah. And, she, and I like food. And I was reading this thinking, I'm not interested in going. Yeah. I, I mean, they are closing, so I don't think they'd have me anyway. But I thought I'm not interested in going. And she said, when you leave a restaurant like Noma that has frequently been voted one of the best in the entire world and you don't like it, you feel like you can't tell anyone. <laughs> and then she said, it was only when I went to look at other reviews that I felt like people had the same experience as me. Did I feel confident enough to say, guys, I'm not entirely sold on this. Yeah. But it made me think a lot about, I think particularly food and restaurant culture and how the minute someone says something is not good, you can't turn around and say, 
oh, I really loved it because you worry about looking like an idiot or the flip side of that being true. If everybody says something is good and you go in and don't see the hype, people think that you just don't really understand what good food is. But I do think when it comes to restaurants and food, but also other things as well, we've entered this culture where the minute a large group of people sort of label it as one thing, it's very hard to push against the grain. Yeah, I really like that, Rick. I can't wait to read that it, piece. It is really, really good. It also is devastating to hear someone spend that much money on food and have a terrible time. <laughs> How are you? What are you recommending as well this week? I've had a terrible morning. I woke up and I was ready to put on my freshly dry cleaned shirt. Like just got it back from the dry cleaners two days ago. I was like, I'm ready. This is what I'm wearing today. Had committed to the outfit. Was sipping on my coffee. First sip when the entire thing lid came off. Spilled down me, not just ruined the shirt, but also drenched me in coffee. I swear, coffee's in my pores right now. You can can smell it all over you. No, I'm not. I (laughs) But I mean, when it's coffee's all over you, it feels like it's coming out of every part of you. Rank. So I'm like trying to pat myself down with a hand washer, which feels like I'm a toddler before realizing I'm running late. And then I chuck on the first top I can find, which is a crop top, guys. And then I start driving to work. In my mind, I'm like, it's going to be 22 and sunny, according to the weather app. It starts raining on my way to work. And then I'm walking into work with a fucking crop top on and I just feel like a dill. I feel uh, really silly. You don't look silly. You're in a blazer and a long sleeve shirt. I'm in a crop top. I am no in the sleeves. shortest denim shorts in history though. You just can't say it. I mean, I understand we've come back to weather chat, but the weather forecast did not say rain today. It said 22 and sunny. And I think if anyone is a dill, it is bomb. Thank you. Because I normally fuck it up, but I don't think this one is on me. No, it's not on you at all. What have you recommending? Because I feel like you've got a few things to throw us. I've got two wrecks. One is a bit of a Nepo baby wreck. So I'm going to follow it up with a non-Nepo baby wreck. I want to recommend my sister's new podcast. <laughs> Claire. Claire, big Nepo <laughs> sister vibes. I love it. Claire's new podcast is called The Moment. It is all about the moments in parents' lives that have shaped who they are today. I actually interviewed Claire for episode one. Her first moment that she came to the podcast about was the moment that she gave birth to her first child, my beloved niece. And then the moment that she hemorrhaged and had a life altering medical emergency hours after Amelia was born. So I really want to recommend people go listen to that podcast. It was a really emotional, but really funny and lovely experience to interview my sister. I interviewed her in my mum's living room as well. So it was like big family vibes. Please go listen. It's called The Moment. Search The Moment Claire Andrews on your podcast app because it's 2023. There are a million podcasts out there and you better believe there are a few called The Moment. I've got to say, it's not like launching a show in 2018. No. <laughs> it's a bit of a different market. Please go listen to that. That would mean a lot to me and Clara and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm really proud of her. And then my other recommendation, I have no relation to this person. Brilliant. <laughs> Just an objective wreck. The book is called Are You Happy Now by Hannah Jamison. I started reading this on our trip to Byron last week, Zara. I have flown through it. I haven't finished yet. I've got about 75 pages left. But this is a book that I have not checked the page number once as I've read. And I think that is the hallmark of a really easy, great book. How did you know you had 75 pages left then? Yeah. Oh, there's a- <laughs> Hang on, Annabelle Lee. I looked at it. Burn. I looked at it when I put it into my bag and I reckon I have like a 30% left. And maybe what happens if you, after you've recommended this book, you hate the ending? 
I don't think it matters if I do. He screams of, I desperately needed a second <laughs> recommendation to quickly sort of counter the clear no, podcast run. I back me up, Annabelle Lee. When mm. Zara was not in the office on Friday, I stood up in front of the entire team and told them they would enjoy this book. Great. You did. You did. You also knew that you would be recommending the clear <laughs> episode, so I don't know. Uh, right. So I strategically <laughs> planted that last Friday. So when I came to this podcast. It looks like a real recommendation. <laughs> Sorry for negging. <laughs> Love you. So I'm many fu- negs. I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> so many negs. Me and my crop top are walking out. Of this I, I actually did think the blurb looked good when you picked it up from the bookstore, so I might have a look at it. It's also completely misleading. It tells you it's going to be about a New York City wedding, and it's about a New York City wedding for maybe three pages, uh. and then it's about a health crisis. No. Oh. But an interesting health crisis. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Shall we jump into the first segment of the show? Because we have so much stuff to cover. We, of course, need to start with what the hell has happened between Selena Gomez and Hayley Bieber in the last week. Because it has really quite floored me. Yeah, I do think this is the story of the week. Maybe the month, maybe the year. It probably has the majority of listeners quite confused because there have been so many moving parts and so many little developments over the course of the last seven days. So let's give a recap first, recap the big moments that you might have missed, and then we'll give some analysis. Yeah, absolutely. So listeners of last week's episode will probably remember that a few weeks ago, Hayley Bieber posted a TikTok video with her friends Kendall Jenner and Justine Skye. Now, they were using the viral sound. I'm not saying she deserved it, but God's timing is is always right. Now, the video fell about a week after photos of Selena Gomez in a bikini were posted online and she was subjected to body shaming by trolls, Mish. Yeah, so we have no idea what Haley's original video was about, why she chose to use that sound, but a bunch of people online deduced that Haley Bieber's video had to have been about Selena Gomez deserving body shaming. Now, Selena's fans flooded Haley's comment section to the point where Haley decided to delete the TikTok video. Looking back now, I almost think that was a mistake because I think that to Selena's fans, validated the criticism to be like, you're right, I'm deleting it. I've done the wrong thing. Like it green-lighted it. I've got to be honest. I think if she didn't delete it, they'd still be going wild in the comment section anyway. And I do think Selena's fans, spoiler alert, will find meaning in ways and places they do not need to find meaning. Now, when one TikTok user shared Hayley's video and said, Hayley is a bitch, Selena liked that video and commented, it is okay. I don't let these things get me down. Be nice to everyone. Hayley then followed that up on the same video commenting herself saying, I never comment on this type of thing, but we were just having a girls night and did a random TikTok sound for fun. It is not directed at anyone. That is where we left last week. This week, so much more has happened. On Friday morning, a movement on TikTok really erupted to support Selena Gomez by following her on all social media platforms. There was this idea of Selena's no longer the most followed woman in the world. Let's get her back to that top spot because we perceive that she's falling victim to this kind of mean girls culture. So on Friday morning, Selena Gomez grew by 3 million followers in the space of a few hours and overtook Kylie Jenner as the most followed woman on Instagram again. Selena that morning also uploaded a few lighthearted videos of her eyebrows. In one video, she told her followers that she had accidentally over-laminated them. So they had that very 
I was going to say erect, but that's no, not but really it, the word. It is kind of erect. Is. She had erect eyebrow <laughs> hairs. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> and a little bit after that happened, Mish, Kylie Jenner then posted a couple of Instagram stories that were slightly confusing, I'm going to say. The first Instagram story she put up was a selfie of her face with the text, this was an accident over it. Now, that was overlaid over her face, slightly near her eyebrows, but I think if something's overlaid, <laughs> over your face, it's going to be slightly near your eyebrows anyway. Yes. Your face is, you know, a relative size. <laughs> Thank you for that reporting. Good to know we're all on the same page I, about the format of a face. I just wanted to make sure this reporting is fair. In the next story frame, she was on a video call with Hayley Bieber and in the screenshot of their chat, both of their eyes slash eyebrows are close to the camera. Yeah. People went wild after Kylie Jenner posted these two frames to her Instagram story. Almost immediately, Selena's fans started posting TikToks accusing Kylie Jenner and Hayley of further mean girl behaviour that had now, in their eyes, become bullying. Before we move on, I think we need to get all of our opinions down on this quickly. What the hell is going on with those Kylie Jenner Instagram posts? Zara, do you think this was targeted towards Selena Gomez? No, but I can understand why it looks weird because I've spent a great part of the back end of this week wondering what was going on. Like, I appreciate it is confusing, but I think my overall question is everybody is like, they're throwing so much shade at Selena, they're bullying her. And I'm sitting back being like, what exactly is the shade here? Well, like, what is, brows are very on. Yeah, in. everybody has the same looking brows at the moment. And I'm just wondering if this was to bully or to offend or insult, what is it? like? <laughs> You're subscribing to the beauty ideal of laminated eyebrows right now. Yeah, I appreciate it looks clunky and it's weird timing. For me, though, the other overwhelming sense I can't shake, and I think I spoke to this last week, is hearing Hayley Bieber talk about how much she detests being part of this drama and how anxious it makes her makes me think there's no world she's going to walk into this headfirst again. There's no world. Yeah, the stress rash that we watched rise up on her chest and call her daddy would definitely lend itself to that theory. Annabelle, do you think this was aimed at Selena Gomez? I think yes. To me, it just kind of signalled textbook bully behaviour, like thinking you're being subtle, but actually trying to be smart and Mm. like sneaky about making fun of someone. Mm -hmm. But I do think best case scenario is that it was just very ill-timed. They should have thought it through better. But if it's like text, I I see what you're saying, but then I'm also like, what is the text? It's not that subtle if it's bullying. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, but but then it, I think think that's the vibe though. It's like, you're confused, I'm confused. I do think the fact that Selena overtook Kylie in Instagram followers is is interesting. I I do agree with you. And that's why I included it. I I want to see, I don't want to sit here and say, how can anyone say that this is not, (laughs) I I can completely see how it's clunky and confusing. I just can't shake this thought that Hayley Bieber is not going to walk in headfirst into this. Well, look guys, every listener listening will be represented because I think I'm perfectly in the middle of you both. I just have no idea. I think if you're only looking at this from the lens of what Selena Gomez had posted that morning, then absolutely it can't be coincidental. But if you're looking at it from the lens that they had no idea what Selena Gomez posted and the lens of, I have never known Kylie Jenner to ever wander into drama in her career, it makes it more muddy. And the Hailey Bieber anxiety stuff. I know that people have lots of thoughts about Kylie Jenner. I want to quickly touch on her in this segment because I think it's relevant. 
Even when the Jordan Woods controversy was happening all those years ago, that was Kylie Jenner's best friend and she was still the one to say, I am not getting involved with drama TikToks, drama Snapchats, drama Instagram posts. She was the one calling out her sisters, her much older sisters and saying, rein it in, this is not us. We are not nasty people. Say whatever you want about Kylie Jenner. It doesn't fold into her persona as I know it for her to ever involve herself with stuff like this ever and that's my predominant confusion it doesn't seem like she would do this because she has a very clean brand and she keeps her hands clean yes regardless though the backlash was so loud that kylie responded to it on a tiktok video where she wrote this is reaching no shade towards selena ever and i didn't see her eyebrow posts you guys are making something out of nothing this is silly in response selena backed kylie up saying agreed kylie jenner it's all unnecessary i am a fan of kylie Interestingly, what Selena did next kind of contradicted that, right? She essentially went on a liking and commenting spree and gave a lot of attention to TikTok videos that derided Kylie and Haley, but Haley in particular. Yeah. A TikTok user actually shared a years old video of Haley Bieber gagging at the mention of Taylor Swift. On that video, Selena commented, so sorry, my best friend is and continues to be one of the best in the game. Context on the video of Hayley gagging at Taylor Swift. It is five or six years old. I couldn't figure out exactly how old. I know it's from her old show, Drop the Mic, which aired between 2017 and 2018. So it is a really old clip. And I'm someone who'll defend Taylor Swift to the hill. She's my gal. However, is it relevant what people did in videos six years ago, potentially? It feels like a reach. She also wasn't gagging about Taylor Swift. She was gagging about a Taylor Swift album, which I also think is relevant here. It's not like you're deriding a person. You're saying you don't really like their music. It's, It's shit. Like, it is shit. It's bitchy. It's not very nice. But I think context is, it was also many years ago. Yeah, I also would hazard a guess that she didn't write that joke that it was probably written for her that said I agree with you yeah it's like not a nice thing to do but it is also important that it was years ago now Selena also commented I love you on another user called at sunlight chasers video that described Haley and Kylie as mean girls nepo babies and bitches the user also said just come out of the closet already Kylie we get it implying that Kylie Jenner is secretly queer I find that really odd behaviour. For her to be commenting, I love you on that video. Selena yes. Gomez, well, same. T- it's, it's kind of what we were talking about last week, which is be kind to everyone, but I will comment I love you when you're calling other people bitches. Like that's not being kind to everyone. Be kind to everyone, but I'll actively endorse nastiness in other people's videos. Yeah. Then Selena went on a TikTok live where she said this. I'm so blessed. I have the best friends the best fans in the whole world and I just couldn't be happier um I'm good I love who I am I don't care I'm big I'm not I would I don't I don't care I love who I am and yeah I'm gonna be taking a second from social media because it's this is a little silly and I'm 30 I'm too old for this so so then Selena deleted her TikTok account at the time of recording it has been reactivated she's back on but she hasn't posted another video as of recording there are so many videos on tiktok going viral right now essentially saying that Haley is a clone a carbon copy trying to copy selena gomez there are so many videos out there taking aim at Haley in a range of ways 
but most predominantly saying that she copies Selena's content, her business ideas, her tattoos and her fashion sense. I want to just really quickly touch on one thing I've seen on TikTok everywhere in the last two days in particular. Have you guys seen this rumor floating around that Hailey Bieber copied Selena Gomez's G tattoo behind her ear? Yes. yes. Am I right in saying this is the this is the main example people are giving to say that Hailey's obsessed yes. with Selena Gomez? I just want to fact check this really quickly because it even came up in the Shameless office yesterday. Both women seem to have gotten this tattoo in 2015. Selena Gomez got a G behind her ear in honour of her, it was her then baby sister, Gracie. Gracie's now obviously a lot older because years have passed. Nice. Hayley, thanks. <laughs> That's how time works. Yeah. <laughs> Hayley's G behind her ear is because a member of her church, I believe it was her pastor's daughter, Georgia, was born with a really rare brain condition. I find it so outrageous that people online can't even do a quick Google to figure out why Hayley Bieber has that tattoo and has had it for eight years. Instead, they just use it as some bullshit example that she's obsessed with Selena and has no reason for that tattoo. Do a Google. Like, people could just be so much better. The internet is terrifying to me. I think the other thing that people are willfully ignoring here as well, or maybe refusing to Google, is some of the facts. Yes, it has been reported that Selena Gomez got this G uh, behind her ear for her sister, but Justin also has a G for the same reason that Hayley does. Mm. All these three got the the G tattoo at a, a around about what it seems to be the same time. It also should be noted that Selena also went to the same church as Justin and Hayley. Mm. There is actually a world where they all got the same tattoo for the same reason. Maybe it got a bit awkward and it kind of, I mean, this is me completely hypothesizing mm, here. Mm. There might be a couple of reasons why Selena had that G, but it's not outside the realm of possibility that they also may have all got it for the same reason if they all got it at the same time and they all have the same one. And people are ignoring the Justin thing here. He has a G too, maybe not in the same spot, but he still has it. I think it's terrified me this week for that reason in how much we want to strip things of context and how willfully we want to believe things without fact-checking them. And in doing that, you're throwing someone to the wolves. Like I know Hayley Bieber is incredibly famous and she's got a lot of power, but I do think the behaviour of a lot of people online this week says a lot about who we are willing to bully under the guise of what? Saving other people from bullying? Yeah, it's so weird. It's incredibly, incredibly misguided and it is it has scared me a lot I actually would say it's probably slightly made me anxious watching it all on because I've thought in this world you would think at the very least that people would believe you when you say things are true or like facts are facts but in this kind of drama talk world they don't care about what is real what is not what is fair what is not well last night the video that I saw accusing Hayley of being obsessed and bringing in the chi tattoo that had 1.3 million likes. Yeah. I went through the comments. I could not find a single comment of someone explaining the history behind Haley's G tattoo. And that to me is where I'm like, oh my God, on a platform where we can all have access to the same information, this truly on TikTok feels like a 99% to 1% argument. And that's so anxiety inducing. And the other thing I think that's been interesting is, okay, well, let's say that is true. Let's say that maybe... Hayley Bieber occasionally in the past has copied Selena Gomez. For the record, I do not believe this to be true at all, but let's run with this argument because people are on TikTok. Why is that the same as bullying? And why are we actively like destroying someone because of it? Like, yeah. is that worth the response as well? Yeah. I think it says a lot, Mish, about mean girl culture, surely. I think it says heaps about who we deem a mean girl and who we don't. Yeah, I think 
this dynamic, I think publicly perceiving the dynamic to be two popular girls, two like model girls against the lone wolf, I think has triggered something really emotional in a lot of people online. I think it's almost reminiscent of dynamics we saw play out in high school where maybe we felt like we were the one in the three. There were two against one and that dynamic is awful and I absolutely understand why people feel so emotionally invested in it. But it is fascinating to me that we've taken our perception of that and we've created a reality where we know for sure someone is being bullied right now. Make no mistake, a person is definitely being bullied right now and that is Hayley Bieber. Like you cannot tell me that that's not the case. Millions and millions of likes are going onto videos like the one I'm about to play you, which are just downright gross and sexist. Have a listen to this. Um, it does look like a lot of people are taking Selena's side on this, but it's probably just because she has a really long and successful career and we all grew up watching her and really iconic stuff. Not that you don't have a great career too, okay? You go to red carpets, you post TikToks, not saying there's like teams or anything, but she does have Taylor Swift. I am not saying that Selena Gomez hasn't been bullied by Hailey and Kylie. What I'm saying is there is ambiguity, there are shades of grey, we do not know. What I know for sure is how one woman is being treated in this dynamic. And I know for sure that it's so disappointing that all of this comes back to an argument over a man or who had him first or who deserves Justin Bieber. Like I truly thought we'll be on this. And I thought that photo last year meant we were going to close this chapter and what an ugly chapter it is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's also interesting to me because we're putting all this emphasis on Hayley being a cool or mean girl and Selena being this woman of the people without power. But who decided that Selena Gomez does not have power? She is the most followed woman on Instagram in the world. She has some of the most famous friends in the world. I would argue she has far more cultural power than Hayley. And I think what is worth unpacking is are we inferring here that Hayley Bieber has more power because she got the man? Like... Is that what we're actually inferring? That she has more power than Selena because she got the man? Because I would say by every other measure, Selena has more power. So I think it's so interesting and so worth unpacking what that says about us. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories of the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Michelle crop top Andrew. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually really cold. I had goosebumps before. You poor thing. We need a heater on in here. What have you got for me? Our first story. Brian Cox slams Jeremy Strong's method acting as fucking annoying. Don't get me going on it. That is from Variety. You are the succession fan in the house. I will take this and run. Please explain it to us. So I think it's worth understanding this story because I know you don't watch succession, but you want to be part of it, right? I don't care about succession, but I care about this. So if you're not a Succession fan, this story might sound boring, but I promise you it is not. Succession has a few stars of its show, right? But I think it wouldn't be that controversial to say that the two most famous faces in this show are Brian Cox's character, Logan, and Jeremy Strong's character, Kendall. You could argue that, for those who know little bits about the show, Brian Cox's character was actually based on, you know, 
a Rupert Murdoch kind of guy. <laughs> and Jeremy Strong's is inspired by a relationship with his son. Now, at the end of 2021, a New Yorker profile came out that you probably have heard me talk about of Jeremy Strong, and it was just like super infamous. Jeremy Strong in this piece came across as an incredibly intense guy, and that is putting it mildly. If you don't know Jeremy Strong and if you don't know Succession, I would still recommend reading this piece. It is that interesting. You brought it to the show and then I read it and I cared heaps it is, about yeah, that as well. The profile went pretty wild and pretty viral because a lot of Jeremy's co-stars at that time were interviewed where they were pretty honest about how intense it is to work with a method actor like him. Brian Cox was one of those people. He gave a few quotes saying that he gets concerned about Jeremy Strong. He said, the result Jeremy gets is always pretty tremendous. I just worry what he does to himself. I worry about the crises he puts himself through in order to prepare. He also went on and said, it is the cost to himself that worries me. I feel like he has to be kinder to himself and therefore has to be a bit kinder to everybody else. <laughs> In other words, he's a dick on set. <laughs> yes, 100%. In a follow-up interview, Brian Cox has spoken about this a lot. He said there is a certain amount of pain at the root of Jeremy and I just feel for this pain. There's a level of, like, I love Brian Cox and I will say from the top here, I actually like both of these people, but Brian Cox will always have a soft spot in my heart. He is relatively patronising. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Strong. But he's far older, right? He is far older and he's been in this business for a very long time. Dare I say, I actually think older people can be patronising towards young Do people you like think? us. I think they get the green light. They've lived a lot. They know a lot. I love the Brian Cox thing. Well, so it's all picked up again because season four of Succession is about to come out. All the stars are doing new profiles. Jeremy Strong has been profiled again, this time in GQ. And in that GQ profile, the journalist and Jeremy Strong spoke about that New Yorker profile and how much shame Jeremy felt mm. when it went live. And he also spoke about that quote of Brian Cox's about there being a certain level of pain inside of him. And Jeremy Strong said, you know, I don't think so. I don't think there is. There's certainly a lot of pain in Kendall and I haven't really met Brian outside the confines of that, which is to say he doesn't know anything about me beyond what I give him in my character. I do not know this man. We're not friends. <laughs> he also said that the cast are like a family in the sense that, and I'm sure they would say this too, you don't always like the people you love. I do respect them. That doesn't really fly with me. You're not like family, though. You're co-workers. You can't say you don't always like the people that you love. Because it's like, are you guaranteed to love these people anyway? No, you don't love... You don't, I mean, I love you guys. You don't have to love your co-workers. I agree with that. So then after that, Brian Cox is interviewed again, this time with <laughs> town and country, and he went even harder at Jeremy. He was asked about, point blank, what's it like to work with Jeremy Strong and his method acting? And Brian Cox just went, oh, it's fucking annoying. Don't get me going on it. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Anyway, here's another passage from the piece where he goes even further. The journalist wrote, he brings up a 2009 video, which is now on YouTube, of him teaching a toddler Hamlet's to be or not to be soliloquy. After some coaching by Cox and occasional pauses and distractions, the child learns the famous speech. Brian Cox said, there is something in the little boy that he was able to convey the character. It is just there and accessible. It is not a big fucking religious experience. <laughs> so what, he's saying acting's not that serious? It's not that serious. It's not that hard. I could teach a kid this little speech Jeremy Strong needs to get over himself it, it does pose a really interesting question about method acting though because I'm like 
I, I don't know anything about acting. As I've said on the show before, I do think it was a missed opportunity for me. <laughs> but I'm like, do you have to do method acting in order to be a great actor? I don't think so. Yeah, look, I'm going to call this one of the times where I know nothing on this but show. And therefore, I have an opinion. My, <laughs> my opinion, I don't think my opinion is about method acting. Yeah. My opinion is I do find it annoying when people take themselves too seriously. I think Jeremy Strong is absolutely that. And I enjoy when the Brian Coxes of the world call out the Jeremy Strongs for taking themselves too seriously. I agree with you. And then I find myself feeling a little bit bad for Jeremy Strong at the end. So it's all oh, very confusing. he's fine. I know he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Our second story. Kelsey Ballerini slams ex-Morgan Evans in bombshell interview. How was I married to this person? That's from Life and Style, which I don't think Life and Style ever really gets a shout out on this podcast. No, but no. This is a country music. <laughs> it is a country music story and I am very into it. So I have to be honest, before she went on Call Her Daddy last week, I didn't know who Kelsey Ballerini was. I don't spend a great deal of time in the country music space. You two didn't either, but I did straw poll our office and half of them did. In fact, I think it was every other team member in yesterday. The ones that kept really quiet didn't know. There was a couple that didn't answer me and I thought, you don't know who she is. Now, Kelsey Ballerini, for context, Mish, is a country music star with over 3 million followers on Instagram. (laughs) She was also notably married to another country music star in Morgan Evans. Now, I did know who Morgan Evans was and I thought that he must be very famous because I knew who Morgan Evans was. And I asked you, do you know who Morgan Evans is? And you said yes. And we were like, well, he just must be massive. We were like, Morgan Evans is clearly the bigger fish in that Yeah, he, he's the biggest country music star because we know who he is. Turns out he just wrote that song, Day Drunk, <laughs> all over Australian radio for a hot minute. Well, he's Australian. I think yeah. the reason we know, he's only he's got like 300,000 followers or something like that. So he's smaller than Kelsey Ballerini for sure. But he's an Aussie who's kind of made it semi-big, semi-big in the US country music scene. Yes, with an absolute banger of a song. <laughs> now, Kelsey Ballerini and Morgan Everts sort of started dating in 2016. They married in 2017 and they announced their divorce last August. Now, Kelsey went on Call Her Daddy to talk about the disillusion of their marriage and she was pretty candid. I listened to this the other day and I've got to say, of the 45-minute interview, 45 minutes were about this divorce. Really? There was no other questions and no other conversations. She spoke about the times they were publicly on red carpets together but actually fighting, how often she would sleep on the couch, how they weren't aligned on whether they wanted kids, that she felt like maybe he was using her profile for fame oh. or that her – it was sort of a bit more subtle than that, but she said her friends were worried about that, that she thought he took advantage of their divorce by releasing a song about it and that she had to give him half the house in the breakup even though she says she paid for it. So she was pretty open. Did they have a prenup? They did have a prenup. Oh, then what's with the house? She said there was funky writing in the prenup, but I thought that's what you've got lawyers for to protect you from that. (laughs) Strange. Very strange. Also, in Morgan Evans' defence, I really don't have, like, skin in the game here. I don't really care who people side with. But Morgan Evans' breakup song, when we looked into the lyrics, seemed pretty friendly and above board. Like, it wasn't nasty. She was annoyed because he said he was blindsided. But I think that's, like, a classic thing about most 
I will generalize you, heterosexual relationships where the woman dumps the man and he says he was blindsided. <laughs> and it's like, honey, the writing was on the wall for two years. You chose to ignore it. Taylor Swift's song with Bonavera is literally entirely about that. Him not seeing the signs yeah. and her being like, there were so many yeah, signs. There were so <laughs> many signs. Now, Morgan Evans responded to this saying, it is sad for me to see this person who I spent so much of my life with and loved with all my heart saying things that aren't reality and that leave out what really happened. She knows I'm not the type of guy to speak on these things publicly. If this is what she needs to heal, I hope it helps. All I ask that if you're on my pages, please don't be mean. Don't be mean to Kelsey. Don't be mean to each other. Life is too short. Hmm. A day after the interview aired, a page six report came out which said an insider claims to us that the country pop songstress cheated on her now ex-husband with the Chainsmokers member Drew Taggart in August 2019 at Lollapalooza after having collaborated on a track together but didn't come clean about it until 2021. Wow. So... Has he gone to the press and leaked this straight after our interview? Or is someone around him? Absolutely someone in Morgan Evans. I love that he's put on Instagram. Don't she knows I'm not the kind of guy to speak on things like this. And then the day after this pops an up anonymous six, report comes out. And it's not some like ambiguous report to be like, infidelity or she had a wandering eye it's like she had a wandering eye at this music festival with this, this month man. with this musician <laughs> it's a lot not to accuse anyone of doing anything or leaking stories it is just convenient timing that this story was leaked a day after the call her daddy interview it's also the perfect cheating story of course the chain smokers drew taggart is involved in the cheating story he he would he absolutely would drew would yeah. if you take anything from this episode drew, drew would, would. <laughs> out there story. Tommy Fury defeats Jake Paul in Saudi Showdown. That is from ABC. This is the second celebrity boxing match to ever make it into a shameless episode. The only other celebrity boxing match we've discussed was when Jordan Simi was fighting for love last year. Of course. And this might be the second and last celebrity <laughs> I'm not that into celebrity boxing matches, but I was interested in this. Yeah. YouTuber turned boxer Jake Paul suffered the first loss of his career earlier in the week when he went head to head with Love Island's Tommy Fury. Now, Tommy Fury's partner and the mother of his child is Molly May, who have spoken about so many times on this podcast. Both men reportedly earned bucket loads for this boxing match. The exact number hasn't been released, but when Jake Paul was asked how much he pocketed before the match, he responded by saying, a lot, a lot. It gets to the point where you make so much money, you don't even count it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really know. Some of the figures floating around online say they've made up to $10 million each. Uh, it's not small amounts of money. <laughs> it's the best analysis I've got. Now, Sarah's obvious analysis. Yeah, he's really on point. Your eyebrows and your eyes. <laughs> uh, this was, as you said, Miss Jake Paul's first ever loss. Tommy was also fighting. He's also never lost. So, you know, one of them were going to experience their first loss <laughs> in this boxing match. Now... To be clear, Mish, I'm interested in whether we, we think or know that either of these men are particularly good at boxing. They're not bad at boxing. Like, they're better than you or I would be. They'd beat us, yeah. Yeah. The ABC article reporting on this, though, described it as a fight short on technical quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the too long didn't read is it's not very high quality at all. One professional boxing commentator wrote on Twitter, Jake Paul is bringing discredit and disgust to the world of professional boxing. Former world champion Liam Smith tweeted, 
two absolute novices. <laughs> it's giving Brian Cox. <laughs> it's giving big Brian Cox. Tommy Fury dedicated the win to he and Molly May's three-week-old baby, Bambi. Jake Paul was quick to come up with excuses, telling the media, I felt flat in there. I was really sick twice in this camp and I hurt my arm. I'm not making excuses, but I was not 100%. This reminds me of when I was in grade three and came second in the 100 metres, so told my mum I pulled my hamstring and walked around holding it for two hours. It's like every netball trial I ever did and didn't make the team for, I'd be like, I have a bad Achilles right now. But I'm like, what nine-year-old's ever pulled the hamstring? That's never happened ever. I also love that he goes like, I was really sick twice in this camp and I hurt my arm. Not making excuses. It's like, no, you've literally just done that. Not making excuses, but I was not 100%. That did not stop the whole fight being a total celebrity spectacle. Mike Tyson and Cristiano Ronaldo were in the audience, two men of questionable fame. Drake reportedly lost $400,000 after he bet on Jake Paul to win. Oh, poor Drake. I'm sure he can afford it. I'm sure he can. I gotta say, if you're putting that much money on, that's what happens. Our fourth story. Are Avril Lavigne and Modson still engaged? It's complicated. That is from the LA Times. Guys, to give context on Avril Lavigne's broken engagement, we need to talk about how this has played out in the media, Zara, over the last week. Yeah, it's actually pretty fascinating. So on Feb 20, TMZ published an article saying... Avril Lavigne hugging it out with Tiger after dinner at Nobu. Now, a pretty innocuous headline. You click into the headline and there is a line that read, Tiger, Avril and a few others grabbed dinner at Nobu on Sunday night where we're told they seem to be hitting it off. Hmm. The two hugged it out after dinner in the parking lot as if to say goodbye, but then left together in the same car. (laughs) (laughs) What happens there? What, what are you saying to each other when you're hugging goodbye to then go, actually, let's head Well, part off of together. me was like, are you trying to like fool the paps, but you've had too much to drink? <laughs> so you think the hug will throw them off as if you're saying goodbye. Or it could have been pretty. I would say if not for what happened after this, this would have been pretty innocent. Right? Yes, I agree with that. What happened after that? Zara well, what happened after that is the next day, Page Six reported that Avril Lavigne and her fiancé, fiancé, <laughs> fiancé, <laughs> Avril Lavigne and her fiancé, Modson, had split. This is how the article read. Avril Lavigne and Modson have called it quits and are no longer engaged. The skater boy singer's reps confirmed the breakup to Page Six on Tuesday. They had been together since 2021. So you've got this Tiger article coming out. The next day, Avril Lavigne's reps go to Page Six and say, yeah, they're actually broken up. And then the piece went on. However, the split <laughs> appears to come as a surprise to Modson. His rep tells us they were together and engaged as of three days ago when he left for oh. tour. So if anything has changed, that is news to him. Oh, What oh. happened? It was more than a hug. It, what do you oh. think has happened here? How does this happen? Apparently, Avril and Modson are very on again, off again. Like apparently they've been having fights, breaking up, getting back together. So I think what's happened is volatile relationship already on rocky, rocky ground. Avril goes to dinner with Tiger, hits it off, and maybe decides on the spot, you know what? I'm done with Modson. I think, and I, you know what? I think Modson does know. He's just annoyed about yeah. it. So he's telling the press that he didn't know, which is actually quite the power move. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing about Modson, but good on him. Yeah, I, know, I truly know nothing as well. Our fifth and final story for today's episode, guys. My husband used to be hot. If I met him now, would I still fancy him? 
that is from the times (laughs) so we have to be honest it's not strictly pop culture this story but it is everywhere it was trending and going viral on twitter and i think if something is trending and going viral michelle it's one for us yeah i think we'd make any excuse under the sun just to be able to talk about this to be honest we're obsessed yeah so in case you missed it one of the more curious articles of the year was published in the times uk on the weekend it was written by molly gunn a writer with 116 instagram (laughs) thousand We're leaving it out here. All right, we'll leave How it in. How did your brain do that? 116 Instagram thousand followers. <laughs> she is also the creator of the Selfish Mother blog, Mish. Yes. Now, the title of her piece was exactly what we read to you before. My husband used to be hot. If I met him now, would I still fancy him? And boy, oh boy, was this a ride. So they had both of the <laughs> they'd posed for a photo for this as well <laughs> on the cover of the Times magazine for last weekend. And I wondered... Did you just tell him, hey, honey, could you scruff up your hair a bit to look a little bit less sexy than you used to for my article? Also, am I alone in thinking he's not? Yeah, he's pretty hot. I would say pretty tasty. Well, (laughs) (laughs) like a a little bit tasty. He's not like. Definitely not in the realm of ugly. He's not untasty, I will say. Now, I want to read. I think the, the best way to tell this story, Mish, is to just read snippets from it because there are so many and it is the most ridiculous story I have ever read in my life. Here's the first one that really caught my eye in the first few parts. I want you to know before we go any further that Tom has signed off on me writing about this. Three years ago, I wrote about our marriage and pondered the idea of us getting a divorce to a global audience. He only found out about that when I posted the piece to my 116,000 Instagram followers. Oops. (laughs) So this is who we're working with. She went on. Sometimes I wish we could be how we were before life weathered us. The Tom I know now talks about stoicism. He does yoga at 5am. He talks earnestly about betterment podcasts. He gets quite tense. He sounds great. Yeah, he sounds like a snack. I would love a man when I'm 45 to, to be listening to betterment podcasts on how to be a good person. Also, is a partner who talks about stoicism... That, but isn't that a good thing? I don't know. Anyway, another another little snippet. Where we fall down is, how do I say this elegantly? We annoy each other. He wishes I'd listen more. I wish he'd be more fun. He wishes he could communicate without me switching off. I wish he'd surprise me and take me out to dinner. He wishes I'd be less curt. I wish he'd loosen up. There is love, yes, but sometimes we have to get past the bin chat and the niggles and scrape away the level of crap to see it again. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A lot of that just sounds like marriage with kids, right? Yeah. Like a lot of that bin chat and little niggles at each other and not surprising each other enough or going out to date night all sounds like the monotony of married life or like standard married life. I appreciate that all of this is difficult and maybe frustrating for her. I can't quite understand why it's in the Times UK. Or why it's tied to her husband's level of hotness. hotness. She went on. On some days I do fancy him, so on some days we do get intimate. But on other days I look at this grown-up 45-year-old man with this furrowed brow, a habit of talking with food in his mouth, an unfortunate green and gold gillet and a cap, Grimace, that hides his now coarse salt and pepper hair. And I think, who are you? Who is this man I'm married to? Where is Tom? His hair's going grey. <laughs> and it's hell? not as like soft and shiny as it was 20 years ago. What's wrong with a furrowed brow? <laughs> you say as you furrow your brow, Sarah, which is the most deeply furrowed. <laughs> I'm going to furrow it for the rest of this segment just in spite and in protest. <laughs> she went on. Sometimes it makes me sad that the Tom I met is gone. The handsome, 
chilled out DJ with worn in tees and long hair is no longer around. Tom's still funny. This week he has been calling himself your formerly hot husband. Tom, <laughs> oh, so He's trying to get in on the joke. It breaks my heart. <laughs> But his banter is less frequent, less playful. He no longer pats my bum on regular occasions. He no longer calls me Molly Mott the Moo. Now it's just Mo. I wonder if Molly has just discovered the concept of aging. Yeah, that's what it actually reads to me is like... He's no oh, longer a handsome, chilled out DJ. He's, but he's a handsome 45-year-old dad who does yoga at 5am and listens to Betterment podcasts. <laughs> if anything, I think this is the dream man. <laughs> who actually wants a chilled out DJ as a husband and father of your kids? Truly, I don't. I do not. What kind of household would that be? I know, a chaotic one. She went on. I've never been a picnic. Strong-willed, opinionated, I can be snappy and tense, especially trying to get kids out of the house. I have an unwavering, somewhat annoying belief in myself and my abilities. (laughs) Also, I am sure I have ADHD, which is often diagnosed later in women's lives when the responsibilities of family and work build up and doesn't help. For instance, I zone out when Tom talks for more than two minutes, which he finds maddening, and I have a low boredom threshold. This compounds a feeling of being trapped in the institution of marriage, in parenthood, and in a small town in Somerset. Look, she clearly, as she's written there, has some stuff she's dealing with or she thinks she might be dealing with. But I just don't know who this helps. There will always be a place for me for pieces about the monotony of marriage and how, you know, it can be hard to work through ostensibly when you've got kids and you're dealing with all of these other things. I think that makes people feel seen. Yeah. I don't know if this makes people feel seen and I think Tom's just been thrown under the bus in the process. I I feel so sorry for Tom. I cannot imagine writing an article under a headline like this and i wonder if molly wrote the headline my husband used to be hot if i met him now would i still fancy him was that an editor pulling that out or was that molly writing this headline and regardless maybe it doesn't matter because well clearly she'd sold him the article as you used to be hot because he's been referring to himself as your formerly hot hot husband husband. so that is got to be the hook she's gone in with i just think for anyone in the public eye whether they're a writer a podcaster anything would serve them well to ask themselves is this a piece of content or is this a rant in my group chat or over brunch with my girlfriends well remember when we used to when we started out in digital media and we'd pitch a story and like the idea would be is this for the website or is this for (laughs) zara.com and it's like the best thing to think about when you're creating content like is this actually interesting or is this just my story that i should just keep to myself i just feel so sad for tom he's probably getting up at 5 a.m to do his yoga with his stupidly coarse gray hair (laughs) feeling so sad for Himself. I know, and that's why he's hiding it under a cap. For God's sake, Molly, come on. <laughs> Goodness sake. You're better than this, Molly. I think we are. Guys, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. If you want to support the show, please click follow on Spotify or follow on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out in the charts. Also, tell a friend about us. We always appreciate that. Yes, we do. Annabelle Lee, anything to add? Nah. nah. Guys, you know where we are. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We'll be back in your ears on Monday for another episode of Scandal. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.